Shalom and welcome to TanakhStudy.com. This is Gad Dishi from Alon Shvut. We'll be continuing our study of Parashat Vayetzer. We're in Perek Lamed, Pasuk Chafhei. We're going to be reading through Pasuk Mem Gimel. All of this is the third work agreement between Yaakov and Levan. Pasuk Chafhei. Vahi ka'asher yaleda Rachel et Yosef, vayomer Yaakov el Levan, shalecheni ve'elecha el mekomi ul arzi. Tena et nashai ve'et yiladai asher abati otcha bahen ve'elecha, ki ata yadata et avodati asher abaditicha. And it was after Rachel gave birth to Yosef, and Yaakov told Lavan, Release me, and I shall go to my place and my land. Give me my wife and my children, for which I worked for you, and I will go. For you know the work that I've worked for you. So Yaakov is ready to leave when Yosef is born. This coincides with the end of the second seven-year stint. Yaakov says he wants to go back to his makom, that theme word that Deborah Geller pointed out to you. That's the makom, and to his land, a possessive Haran-like idea of being possessed his land, the land that God promised him to be his. And now that he had a child from Rachel, he feels that he now fulfilled the promise of Zerah, of offspring. All the others were not to be seen as fulfilling the promise of Zerah. And now he wants to fulfill the bracha of Aretz. He has fulfilled the conditions Yitzchak set out for him to earn Zerah Aretz. He married non-Kananite wives, and he went to Levan, so he feels ready. Significantly, no mention is made of a return to his parents' home, and we need to pay attention also to the wording. Send me, release me, give me. Yaakov at this juncture is still afraid of Lavan and what he might do. He's in a very subservient position, giving all the power to Lavan in the speech that he's uh, asking for permission to leave. Perhaps because no one knows the terms of their work agreement, Yaakov is afraid that people will feel that he has a rule of a slave, that so long as he is by his master's home, he is entitled to his wife and children. But once he leaves, the wife and the children will stay on for the master. We know the pasuk in Parashat Mishpatim. Im Adonav yiten lo isha, v'yaradu lo banim o banot, ha'isha v'yiladeha t'hiyeh l'adoneha, v'hu yetzeh begapod, that if the master gives him a wife, then and he, they have children, the woman and the children remain for the master, and he leaves alone. I deduce that this is Yaakov's thinking from Yaakov including the children in his statement. Yaakov says he worked all these years for the wives and the children, as if they needed to be paid for. And we as readers know this is not true, and he knows, Levan knows it's not true. But it's to set out for the record that Yaakov says all these things, and Yaakov adds that Lavan knows the work that Yaakov did for him. That is, that he knows he was not a slave, and that he was entitled to the wives and children as a free man. Later on, Lavan will reveal that he may actually have thought of Yaakov as having a slave status, claiming that the sons and the daughters are really his, and that would further substantiate Yaakov's current fears. Now, Yaakov also does not elaborate on the deceit and why he had to work 14 years. He just says, you know, this laconic presentation also supports the idea that Yaakov is keeping the switch a secret from the rest of the family, never mentioning it again. Pasuk Rav Zayn Lavan and Lavan told him, If I find favor in your eyes, I have divinated and God has blessed me because of you. The word nichashti, meaning divinating, perhaps a early hint to the trafim, the family idols that Lavan has that later Rachel steals, uh, or it could also be an Akkadian cognate, which is uh, meaning to prosper. But uh, basically, 
he's telling Yaakov, I can't let you go right now because things are too good for me. Uh, we'll see that later when things aren't as good for Levan, he actually will have to find a willingness to let Yaakov go. And he said, State your wages and I will give them. So again, we have a new speech, another Vayomer, meaning that Lavan tried to just tell Yaakov, no, you can't leave, but he sees that Yaakov is intent on leaving, so he has to come up with something. So uh, instead of stating a wage himself, he lets Yaakov set his own price, write his own blank check. And at, again, as in the very beginning, it seems that Lavan is being very generous, but he probably feels at this point that Yaakov makes terrible deals, as he has until now. And so he allows Yaakov to set out his terms of employment. Now, there's also a play on words here with the word nokva, uh, working with nekeva, and uh, etena, etena. In other words, the sentence could be read that Lavan is hinting, which female would you like to have as your wage this time, and I will give her to you. I will give her to you. Finally, the word etena also has some ring to it of etnan, which is a harlot's pay, which will also give some derogatory connotation to what Lavan is viewing as his wages. Psukim chavtet and lamed. Vayomer elav, ata yadata et asher avadatiha, veet asher hayam miknecha iti, ki me'at asher haya lecha lefanai, vayifrotz larov, vayvarech adonai otecha deragli. And he said to him, You know the work that I've done for you, and the way that your flocks were with me. For they were few before I came, and now they've burst out in great multitudes. And God has blessed you because of me. And now, when will I also do for my household? Yaakov again appeals to Levan's knowledge. You know, you know the work that I did. Again, hinting but never express, expressly mentioning the conjugal switch. He uses the word Vayifrotz, which harkens back to the promise that Hashem told him at the latter, Ufaratzta. And Yaakov also echoes back to Lavan what the, he already said, but shifts it away from the divinations that the Lavan mentioned. And it's not the deities that inform you, Lavan, with this knowledge of how successful you are and that I am the source of it, but you yourself know it to be true, says Yaakov. Yaakov also adds, when will I also do for my household, Lebeti? Here he clearly defines himself as a non-slave. He has a household of his own and he wants to build equity to make for his home. He wants to replicate for himself what he did for Lavan. We see this from Yaakov's use of the word gam, also me. gam anochi, Lebeti. And this again reflects the this and again that attitude of Haran of always wanting more. Pasuk Lamed Aleph. Vayomer ma eten he said to him, what shall I give you? And Yaakov says, you're not going to give me anything. If you do the following thing for me, I shall return and I shall uh, shepherd your flocks and watch them. Yaakov does not want Lavan to give him anything. What he wants to have is something only that he will earn. Pasuk Lamed Bet. I shall pass through your flocks today, remove from there all the sheep that are speckled and spotted, and all the brown from the sheep of your flocks, 
spotted and speckled in your goats, and it will be my wage. And my righteousness shall be borne out on the morrow, for you shall inspect my wages before you. Anything which is not speckled and spotted in the goats and brown in the sheep is stolen. And Lavan said, Yes, let it be as you said. The proposed partnership is that Yaakov says he will pass through today all the flocks and he will separate out the animals. And Lavan's answer is hen, which means yes, which will be important for you to keep in mind when you get to Perek Lamitet with Dr. Abigail Rock. Uh, and these animals, Now when Yaakov says, and this will be my wage, is he referring to this will be his wages for the future work that he shall do? Or is this meant to be, and this will be my wages for what I've done until now? Meaning that the work until now uh, will be paid for, as opposed to the idea that he had worked another seven years just to get Rachel again. He is now looking to get paid for those second seven years. And this was also substantiated by Yaakov's usage of the word Sidkati, my righteousness, some sense of fairness. Uh, will be borne out that I wasn't supposed to work those seven years, and now I'm getting compensated for it. So Yaakov is saying that the initial separation of the flocks and his getting these animals already today as equity is basically payback for the unfair seven years of work. That will be my compensation. The plain meaning of the words V'antabi Sidkati, and my righteousness shall be borne out, might be that if he has his wages checked the next day, Lavan will see that he didn't take anything that he wasn't supposed to have taken. Yaakov says that Lavan will inspect the wages beyom mahar, on the morrow, which in itself can also be somewhat ambiguous. Is it literally tomorrow? Possibly. They want to check that the baseline of Yaakov's wages is clean, that there are no other animals that don't belong there. Or it could also refer to some future tomorrow, when the term of the agreement will end. Now, it looks like the former seems to be a more logical time to carry out the investigation, to establish a baseline. But later, we're going to read about how Yaakov manipulates rods and begets speckled colored flocks. And this seems to imply that Yaakov always gets those kinds of animals, the speckled spotted animals. And he's never allowed to have white sheep or black goats, even what, from the flocks that he separates today. If that's the case, then there really would be no reason to check the flocks at point A. Because the only time that matters is when they end the agreement at point Z. And that's when Yaakov can only have colored and speckled flocks. Finally, this is the first time the word stolen, ganuv, is introduced into the equation. Yaakov is now directly dealing with the underlying suspicions that Lavan would have. And it's again playing into the Haran influence of couching everything in materialistic terms. Who owns and who's going to be taking from whom and do they deserve to be taking. Pasuk Lamedhei. Vayasar bayom hahu et atayashim ha'akudim vehateluim ve'et kol ha'izim ha'nekudot vehateluot kol ha'shelavan bo ve'cholchum ba'kesavim ve'yiten be'yad banav. And he removed on that day the spotted and speckled he-goats and all the brindled and speckled she-goats, every one that had white on it, and every dark-colored one among the sheep, and he gave them over to his sons. So it's not clear who is doing the removing. Uh, if it's Yaakov, as Yaakov had initially stated himself, that Evor bechol sonicha, I will remove, then the end of the verse says, Vayiten biyad banav. And that would mean that he, that Yaakov gave over to his six-year-old Reuven and the even younger children to watch over all these animals, which is quite an onerous task for such young children.
Such a move would no doubt leave a lasting impression on them. Their father's stress on sheep's welfare, even at the expense of taxing his own young children, may leave them feeling that the sheep's welfare rivals their own. Their father's preoccupation with the sheep's welfare will recur a few times in the narrative, one by the rape of Dina, and then again when sending Yosef to seek out his brothers. If the person doing the removing is Lavan, then at the end of the verse where it says, it means that Lavan was not trusting Yaakov to separate out even the blatant color differences, and then he gave Yaakov's flocks over to his, Lavan's children, sons, and this might be substantiated from the later reference that the sons of Lavan will comment that they observed the growth of wealth in Yaakov's flocks and claimed that he took it all from their father. That's tomorrow's lecture. But hard to believe that Yaakov needs to have Lavan's son watch his sheep while he watches Lavan's. Lavan could have had his own sons watch his own sheep, but Lavan initially apparently did not have boys. To recall, Rachel was shepherding, ostensibly because there were no boys, or they were too young at the time. This would imply that the sons of Lavan are now somewhere between maybe 14 or 30 years old, and this introduction of boys into Lavan's family will be important for later discussions, so keep that tucked away in your memory. Pasuk Lamedvav and he placed a three-day journey distance between him and Yaakov, and Yaakov shepherded the remaining flocks of Lavan's sheep. So this the three-day journey Lavan uses to distance, which is to really try to keep the flocks separate uh, so that there won't be any uh, cheating. Uh, but Yaakov will later leverage this three-day distance to get a head start in his escape from Lavan's home, Lavan's mountain. Pasuk Lamed Zayin Lamed Chet V'yikach lo Yaakov makal levne lach veluz ve'armon v'yifatzel bahen p'salot levanot machsof ha'levan asher al ha'maklot v'yatseg et ha'maklot asher p'itzel barhatim b'shiketot ha'mayim asher tavona ha'tzon l'shtot denocha ha'tzon v'yahamna bevo'an l'shtot And Jacob took himself moist rods of poplar and almond and plane tree and peeled white strips in them, laying bare the white on the rods. And he stood the rods he had peeled in the troughs, in the water channels from which the flocks came to drink, opposite the flocks, which went into heat when they came to drink. The words of the types of trees that Yaakov is using, livne, has the lavan sound to it. And also if you Google images of the poplar and the plane trees, you can see that the trunks themselves are patterned, they're striped or spotted. And in addition, perhaps they are also more easily whittled, so he could peel the white strips in them to include even more spotted and speckled uh, patterns in the wood. In Pasuk Lamedchet, we read that when they would breed, they would breed when they came to drink. And that's because that's when all of the animals would come together. And hence, in a borrowed sense, we can now maybe understand the biblical betrothal type scene being how people meet at a well. It's usually associated with animals as well, camels by Rivka, sheep by Rachel, and sheep by Tzipporah. And the imagery of watering uh, and inseminating, the well imagery representing the female organ. And I will leave it to you to work backwards now on the significance of Yaakov rolling the rock off the opening of the well for Rachel. Yeah, you need to work too. This is Torah, and there are many levels of understanding. You have to own your own learning. Pasuk Lametet. Vayechemu hatzon el ha-maklot. Okay, 
והיה העטופים ללבן והקשורים ליעקב. That was a long stretch, and here it is in English, and the flax went into heat at the rods, and the flax bore brindled, spotted, and speckled young, and the sheep Jacob kept apart. He placed facing the spotted and all the dark colored in Lavan's flocks, and he set himself herds of his own, and he did not set them with Lavan's flocks. And so whenever the vigorous of the flocks went into heat, Yaakov put the rods in full sight of the flocks in the troughs for them to go into heat by the rods. And for the weaklings of the flocks, he did not put the rods. And so the feeble ones went to Lavan, and the vigorous ones to Yaakov. Uh, the word atufim, meaning weak ones, can also be seen from the pasuk that we read in Echa, Be'atef olel ve'yonek berchovot kirya, that the young nursing children are swooning from hunger in the streets, and hence the animals that are weaker uh, are the atufim. So Yaakov is assuring that he has for himself the stronger animals, and he is manipulating the birthing patterns based on these ideas of uh, the rods. Uh, whether there's real genetics behind it or not, uh, you can look at the uh, Professor Felix's work on this matter. Pasuk Mem Gimel. Vayifrotz ha'ish me'od me'od vahilot son rabot ushfachot va'abadim ugmalim vachamorim. And the man burst forth in great multitude. And he had many sheep and maidservants and slaves and camels and donkeys. So the list that we see here of wealth parallels the list wealth that was accumulated by Abraham in Egypt. In both cases, there's wealth accumulated in a foreign land. The word, again, Vayifrotz appears here. Uh, he had told Lavan that since he started working, Lavan was Vayifrotz Larov, and Yaakov wanted to do the same for himself, so now he has. Uh, similar to what we saw with Yitzchak. Once things have gone very well for our patriarch, jealousy of the locals rears its ugly head, and trouble begins to brew, just when things seem like they were finally going okay. In the next section, we'll explore how Yaakov He's a divine call to return home and maneuvers his exit from Lavan and the materialistic grip of Haran.